All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella and I am super duper excited to introduce our guest speaker. Why? Because she's a dear friend of mine. So I have like a special, special place in my heart for her. And I'm, I'm just not gonna waste any time actually because we've got some great questions that we're gonna you know, jump right into. But um, I just wanna go ahead and say, you know, now is the time for everyone to share their voice. Everyone is taking the time out of their busy schedules um, to join us here for the hour. So thank you so much. First, there are a lot of crazy things happening in the world, as we all know. Your time is precious, and I really, really appreciate everyone for joining us here live for the hour. With that said, we would love for you to participate. We'd love for you to turn your cameras on if you feel called to do so. Don't be afraid. If you haven't showered today, no one's judging you. Put your virtual backgrounds on. Uh, as they say, the revolution will not be televised, except for sometimes when we do these awesome chats and then we can see you know who is uh, trying to help evolve and make some big moves here um, and then with that said you know uh, if you see your question come up on the screen later on today or if you want to share a dream you had last night or if you just want to kind of dive in deeper to something that our, our guest speaker is saying today feel free to take yourselves off of mute uh, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise but I cannot stress enough and I will actually sound like a broken record by the end of this chat we want to hear from you, so turn uh, your cameras on if you can. Uh, take yourselves off of mute and join in. Uh, I know it says Lauren here because sometimes she also hosts chats, but uh, if, uh, if you want to keep anything sensitive and, and have it be kept anonymous, because we will be talking about some sensitive topics here, uh, feel free to write to me. You'll find my name under Mariella in the chat box. Um, you can write to me anonymously, and I will flag that to our guest speaker here. And then the last thing that I'll say is that this is being recorded. So if you do come off of me, you will be featured uh, on this uh, live chat and learn. Uh, and then, um, uh, yes, oh, this is the last thing I want to say. I know that we are living in like multitasking, you know, generation now, and that's okay. But I, I would love your presence uh, whenever you feel called to do so, so that we can, you know, keep this uh, really engaging uh, for the next hour. And then you can rewatch the, the live recording of this chat later and then take notes there. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is uh, please uh, follow us on social and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see all of the great chats that we have lined up throughout the week. And then without further ado, I want to pass the mic to a beautiful, talented being that I was blessed to get to know, I don't want to put an age to myself, but many lifetimes ago. Um, and I've seen her do so many beautiful things in the world. And so when I heard that she was coming to do a chat, uh, you know, I just kind of got really excited because I learned with her and through her, her work and her personal life all the time. And so I'm so excited that she's taking the hour to join us today to, to give us some tips and tricks here. So Charday, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today? Yes, so I actually had my first exposure to Power to Fly, to fly um, two months ago when I jumped on a chat with Mariella. It was a really incredible experience. So I am so excited and honored to be here with you all today, now hosting my own chat. Um, I definitely wanna set the tone for our conversation today with a couple of things. Um, one, throughout my life, I have, like many of you, heard so many speakers. I have so many great mentors. I get advice from my family and my friends. I read any number of self-help books. And probably the most important lesson that I've had to learn is the importance of not receiving all of the advice that you get. 
And I really want to empower you all on our call today and in our conversation today to do the same thing. You know, my experience is my experience. I'm an open book. I want to share it with you. I want us to have open, loving dialogue. But I also really want to encourage and empower you to take the pieces of this conversation that resonate with you and feel authentic to your experience and feel free to just like push the rest um, to the wayside. The second thing that I would like to share with you all, some of you know me, and for those of you who don't, I'm a very direct communicator. And I communicate in love, but it is very direct. And I also really believe in accountability. So I want to take this moment to say, if you're not at a space in your life where you're ready to have hard, open, accountable conversation, then no love lost. This might not be the, the chat for you, um, but otherwise it'll be a place of love. And I'm really excited for us to, to dig in today. Awesome. So I see that some of you all have turned your cameras on. I appreciate that. Um, and I see also that we have a lot of folks from all over calling. Uh, and I just want to give you all some shout outs here uh, before we dive into these questions, because you have you all have submitted some great questions offline. Um, and I know that we can probably spend the whole hour on one question. We will try our best to get through all of the questions. But with that said, if uh, I'll, I'll flag everyone when we've got about 10 minutes left so that if we did not get to your question and you want Sharday to tackle your question, uh, you'll have some time to do so. But we're calling from all over. So Sharday's in Nashville in the States. I'm in Buenos Aires in Argentina. I'm just gonna roll call here. We got Katie, Texas, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas, uh, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Nashville again, California, Columbia, uh, South Carolina, uh, great. So if you're just joining us, go ahead and continue to write in the chat box where you're calling from. I love this. The power of digital community is key. Um, we saw this uh, with Power to Fly before COVID and especially now we're seeing that we're getting so many, uh, you know, diverse and innovative voices join us to just grow within themselves and help to, you know, push us to evolve in a more holistic way. So with that said, Sade, uh, let's jump into this first question here. And again, if this is your question that you see on the screen, uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, if this is not your question and you want to piggyback or you share a dream you had last night or you know give an anecdote I cannot stress enough that we want to hear from you so please share your voice all right so Sharday, how did you shift from trying to fit in to being your authentic self and then you can tell us a little bit more about your story any part of your story because you have so many beautiful pieces that fit together oh, so I'll just pass the mic to you <laughs> Um, so I will answer this question in regard to work specifically. Um, so I work in finance and now I'm in between finance and technology, um, both of which are very male dominated and finance in particular is very white male dominated. And when I started with my organization, we had these, they're called smackdowns. It's like presentations that we do. And it's, you know, you are in front of a group of 30, 40 people sometimes, and you're talking about whatever subject. And I remember preparing for my first one leading up to it, it, all that I had seen were, you know, these white male presentations, which like no shade, I love my white male counterparts, um, but they are very different than me. And my first time presenting, I tried to emulate what I had seen them do. I tried to be like them and I failed miserably because you know, like, hello, I'm not, you know, white male. Um, and so I would say for me, that was like the first kind of eye-opening experience that I had at, at understanding that if I was going to be successful in this role or in this universe of, of work, I was going to have to get really comfortable being the person that stood out and being authentic to who I am versus trying to shift and be like the, the example that I had seen. 
So I would say for my advice to others would be, you know, to do the same thing. Sometimes it can be challenging to have to be the person that does it differently. But if doing it the way other people are doing it isn't authentic to who you are, ultimately, that's what people are going to receive. That's what people are going to feel. And I know you're going to jump into this a little later, but any just like, let's, let's just scratch the surface for now. Any tips for tapping into your authentic self, maybe for someone who might not know how, or maybe with all of the fuss that's going on in the world now, what's just kind of like a go-to for you that you can just kind of you yeah. know, come in and re reground? Yeah. So this is where the tough love is going to come in because I think that right now in our culture and with it, with all that's going on, it's really easy for us to place blame on other people. And I'm certainly not indicating that there's not blame that's due, you know, throughout the world for why we are where we are. But I do think it's also important that we take ownership of our part of it. And I think that in general, in this society, it's really hard for people to create the space to understand themselves. And if you're not creating the space to understand who you are, to understand what makes you tick, to understand what makes you great, then it's going to be really difficult for you to be authentic. And so for me, a daily practice that I have is I spend every single morning with God. I take 30 minutes. I sit in stillness. I create the space to learn and to hear myself and to understand myself, which then empowers me to be authentic to who it is that I truly am. So my, my quick piece of advice would be make sure you're creating the space in your life to be able to connect with yourself and to hear and learn who it is that you are. Yes, I'm going to throw some digital confetti on that because you know that I agree a thousand percent. Um, I love speaking about emotional intelligence and you are hitting the nail on the head when you speak about that, like getting to know, being with yourself and making the space. And if you need to put it on your Google calendars, do it. I know that a lot of us are, we're ruled by our calendars. So make sure you carve some time uh, to get to know yourself. All right. So let's move on to this next question here. How do you deal with people who don't get it? How do you deal with white female managers that feel that they should be sitting at the table? <laughs> I love this question. Um, so I would say to the second P, the second part of the question, I would say, why wouldn't we want uh, white female managers to be at the table too? So I'd say that in order to give a really good answer to that, I would need to understand a little bit more about where that's coming from. Um, and then as far as dealing with people who don't get it, again, this is really going to come back to how do you feel about yourself? For me, I love who I am and I'm very confident in who I am. And so I'm okay with sitting at a table with people who don't fully get me and don't fully understand me. I also recognize that it would be unrealistic for me to think that every person in my organization is going to be an ally or is going to get me or is going to support me. There is so much power in having two, three, maybe four people who do get you, right? So it's a little bit of a mind shift. It's going from how do I deal with people who don't get me? Well, why don't I focus on the people who do get me and create a coalition of people who can support me and encourage and empower me? And then how much do I love myself, believe in myself and support myself so that when I in interact with people who don't get it, I'm in a place where I can manage it. And then the second one, uh, like I said, would be, you know, I would challenge that is why don't we want our white female managers to also be empowered? So is it that that person having a place at the table you feel is taking away your space at the table? Or is it that they're not also including you in being at that table? And I think that's a really, a really important distinction. 
so let's say that the for also if this is your question and you want to dive in feel free to you know come off of mute or write to me anonymously or drop in the chat box there but let's say that it's the last one that you said that it's like someone is intentionally intentionally not aware that um they are kind of you know giving you the sidearm uh, and not making space for inclusion and diversity at the table. Let's say that it's that perspective. Let's say someone is working with that now. What, what kind of tips do you have to overcome that challenge? Again, I think allyship is so important. And if it's not an ally that you have that's your direct manager, then um, trying to find and identify people in the organization who may be able to be that for you. But also it's having tough conversations. I have had to have really, really challenging conversations with people sometimes two and three times above where I'm at in the organization. And while I can appreciate that those type of conversations are challenging, the reality is oftentimes people don't know what they don't know. And if they do know, it's a whole nother experience to be called out on what they're on what they're doing. So it's being willing to have those tough conversations and then also being open to finding that allyship in a different way than maybe your direct manager. Totally. And I would also piggyback on that and say, if you feel like you are this, you know, person at the table who's not mindful and, and is trying to look for ways to be mindful, um, listen more. That's something that's been coming up in a lot of chat and learns that we've had talking specifically about racism or gender inclusion um, and any really any type of holistic inclusion is just, you know, stop thinking that you have all the answers. No one is perfect. And especially in these crazy times, we need to listen more and try to uh, include different perspectives and stories. So if you feel like you are kind of in that awkward between a rock and a hard place, uh, and maybe you feel like your career is at stake because, you know, their uh, inclusion is happening. You know, I know that it's, it's nice to see on social media and online this hashtag that is uh, diversity inclusion and, and, but, you know, you got to practice what you preach as well. So if anyone feels like they are, you know, non uh, BIPOC and they are in this kind of between a rock and a hard place, uh, listening seems to be, a, you know, one of the top uh, skill sets that you can practice in, in these times. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. So when searching for a new role, uh, how do you gauge if it would be a good fit for you? And how do you beat procrastination? This is one and of my- also, Sharni, I'd love if you could also talk a little bit about your, your recent career pivot uh, that, and yeah, any other so, career yep. pivot that you wanna make. Yeah, yeah, so this is actually one of my favorite questions. It's, I'm gonna start off by saying what I have already said, which is if you don't know yourself, it's going to be really challenging for you to identify or gauge whether or not a role that is outside of your normal scope is going to work for you. So my first response is, do you understand the things that you're really good at? And when I look at my own life, I, I have forever and always been able to talk to anyone. I have never known a stranger. I've always been really charismatic. I've always loved strategy. I've always been really organized. Those are skill sets that I have had for all of my life. So I'm very easily able to identify that those things are things that come easily to me. In addition to that being challenged, like I have got to be challenged. And if there's a role that's not going to challenge me, it's not going to work for me because I'm bored and I self-tabotage when I'm bored. And so those are the things I'm great at, right? I'm also very aware because of that time that I spend of the areas that I'm not good at. And I'm not going to encourage you all to actually spend a ton of time trying to make better the things that you're not great at. I actually think it's a lot more effective to spend time in that middle layer. So you've got the things you're really great at, 
you've got the things you're kind of so-so at, and then you've got the things you're not great at. The things that you're so-so at, what are you doing to get better at them? And the things that you're not great at, who have you identified as a resource to be able to honestly like do it for you or coach you through it? Because your time is much better spent on that middle layer. When you know those things and you're able to speak to those things, it then enables you to be able to identify a role and whether or not it would make sense for you. So I have, I am a great example of this. I have been in sales for nine years. I was a sales manager. I was a wholesaler for the organization, like sales all day. Ultimately, I made a decision in October to completely pivot my career and I moved from the sales arm of our organization to the technology arm of our organization, which is obviously very different. When I made the decision to move, I didn't look at, oh, like, I don't know anything about technology because I don't, well, I know like this much now, right? I don't know a lot about technology. But what I looked at is, okay, are the things that I'm really good at, I'm, I'm really strategic, I'm really, I really appreciate a challenge, I'm very charismatic, I can talk to anyone, you have to be able to talk to anyone when you're working in between distribution and technology. But mostly for me, it was this position can challenge me. Because I knew all of those things, even though I didn't understand technology, I felt confident moving into the role. I took that role in October, in July, I was promoted right so like there's something to be said for being self-aware being authentic and then making decisions based on that understanding that you have of yourself so i think 100 that's the way that you gauge whether or not a position is is right for you is by being aware of who it is that you are the second part of that question, uh, which is around procrastination, is I'm the worst person to answer this question because I procrastinate all the time. In fact, I think some of my magic comes at doing things in the last moment. So I'm, I'm going to leave that response to someone who can more, who can better answer it. But, you know, we're going to be authentic with each other. I don't have the answer for it. Um, I, I seriously think I really do some of my best work at the last minute. So I don't have help for you on that one. <laughs> Even in that response, you're being authentic with that response because I think that there's this big, you know, uh, scarlet letter on, on procrastination. And I, I totally agree with you and I vibe with you. And, this, and I feel like there's a sweet spot, not that you go around trying to procrastinate, but if it happens in life, as we see that it does sometimes, um, to recognize that you do have this uh, flexibility and, and also the, the improvisation that I find in the work that I do as an artist create some of the best artwork that I can make because I am in this moment of not procrastination, but improvisation. But I think that within procrastination, and we're not condoning procrastination, but we're being real that clearly a lot of people procrastinate. <laughs> and it's like, you know, instead of shying away from saying like, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing, let's be real and say, you know, how can someone like Chardet uh, instill in us that by being, by really rooting into your authentic self, you can kind of make this procrastination challenge uh, into a gift by being mindful about it first and then also you know knowing that it's coming up and, and, and predicting maybe even when that comes up so that you don't kind of like self-sabotage. <laughs> All right I'd love to also hear I see a lot of folks smiling uh, I'm wondering if anyone has anything to say is yeah, anyone like who can speak to procrastination give us the tips we need them clearly. <laughs> Yes, please. Flo, I see you smiling. It's been a while. Let's see. You got some tips on, on procrastination? <laughs> well, I'm a project manager, so procrastination is, uh, you know, we, we, can't, we can't have procrastination. I mean, I would just say, 
I echo everything that they have said. One, be authentic. If you can identify it and you know it's coming, then try to plan for it. Um, if I have something that I know is going to take like a lot of effort or a lot of work, I try to plan it in pieces so that I can, um, you know, take it in bites and try to get it done that way. Um, and really just have to find what um, internally gets you going um, to get it done. Me, you know, if you aren't one of those that can create gold during those times of procrastination, <laughs> then you should think about, you know, what, what end goal are you trying to get and how do you actually get it? You know what I mean? And so for me, I don't want to come to the table unprepared. Um, and so I use that as motivation um, towards my deadlines, you know, as I create them to get things done. Um, and also, if you are one that um, works better through rewards, maybe you piecemeal out what needs to be done and reward yourself for getting things done, you know, early or on time. But at the end of the day, it's all intrinsic. Like, if you don't want to get it done, you're not going to get it done. Absolutely. Thank you, Flo. Such wisdom. I love this. I love that everyone is chiming in. So um, thank you for that. And let's move on to this next co uh, conversation here. Um, again, if this is your question and you want to chime in, or if this is not your question and you want to give some, some stories or some personal opinions, feel free to do so. Okay. So diversity comes in many forms and shapes. Uh, it could be in the accent, the background, or the way of thinking and approaching problems. What are your thoughts on those aspects of self and how they could help or hinder one's career. Uh, I'm asking because I've had quite an unpleasant experience bringing my true critical thinking and improvement seeking self to a very structured and top-down organization. This is such, such a good question. Um, okay, so for the first part of the question, I absolutely believe that honing in on the things that make you different, honoring your diversity, honoring the diversity that is around you is so very important to being authentic to who it is that you truly are. So my answer is going to be that being authentic is, is only going to help you in your career. And I'll share with you all a couple of examples. So I have been in position for many years to make hiring decisions. And I'm often in the room when those decisions are being made, even if it's not me making the hire. And what I have found is people who have a different background, a diverse background, the individuals who feel really confident in that, who, the individuals who are really authentic to what their experience is, are nine times out of 10, the person who was hired into the role. The opposite though happens when you're the person in the room who is like kind of looking around and you're like, I don't look like everyone else here. I'm gonna like, I feel like I can't be my full self. What happens is when you're not authentic, it translates as being dishonest. And so oftentimes what someone making the hiring decision will say is like, man, this person is super talented, but I don't know. There's just something about them. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can probably feel that too. Energy is real. You can absolutely feel it when someone is being authentic and when they're not being authentic. So you put yourself in a position to make a hiring decision. If you're dealing with someone who is absolutely authentic and who they are comfortable in their skin, honest about who it is that they are versus someone who maybe doesn't have that, you're probably going to make the hiring decision for the person who does. So I think it absolutely helps you in your career to own your authenticity, to own your diversity, and to be who it is that you truly are. The second part of that question is you have to really think about, okay, is what I'm bringing to the table something that the organization really needs? 
And if I continue to work at this over time, will they receive me as I am? Or is it that this organization simply is not a good fit for your, for your skill set? If it's the first one, and if you are a person who is a critical thinker and you're great at, at um, process improvement, then you should be able to put together a strategic plan for yourself and how you're going to communicate and work with your organization to get more comfortable with doing things in a different way. And I would say to have a little bit of grace, because if you're at a firm where things are always done this way, they're all, you know, it's very linear and you're coming in and you're trying to be the person that's going to do things differently. The idea that everyone's just going to jump on board immediately, it's not a realistic one. However, if you push people over time, if you come up with that strategic approach over time, I would bet that as they continue to see results from the way that you, the things that you bring to the table and the way that you work, there'll be a greater opportunity for you to express yourself fully. But the real distinction is, is this an issue with the organization needs some time to adjust or is this simply not an organization that is going to embrace your skill set? If it's the latter of the two, then you've got to have the courage to get out there and to find an organization that is going to appreciate and value the skills that you bring to the table. I love that response. And so how can you, let's say that, you know, the latter is true for someone on the call here. Um, how do you how do you throw the net out in your opinion to to attract uh, or to find uh, some of those organizations that align with your belief system and your values? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing is your circle of people. You know, we all have so many people that we interact with and interface with on a regular basis. Platforms like this also make it easier for, for us to do that. So I'd say one, have conversations with the people around you. But before you can do that, again, I'm going to reflect back on, you have to know what it is that you want. When I made my decision to start in finance, first, I mean, I have a degree in Africana studies and literature. I was working for a company doing collections. Like I had no business taking a job in finance, right? But for me, it didn't matter what the job was. What mattered is, is this an organization that will allow for me to grow and that will not place ceilings on my success. Like that was what I wanted in an organization. And because I knew that when I was interviewing, while I had a few different opportunities on the table, I ultimately took the one that was a huge step back. I was 26 years old and went into an internship program when the other positions were positions that would have been immediate full-time roles. But for me, those companies didn't have what it was that I needed, which was that opportunity to grow. You look at my experience in 10 years, I've been promoted nine times. So my instinct about the organization and what it is that I wanted in a firm was right. And you've got to know what that looks like for yourself. So one, know what it is that you want in a firm, what aligns with who you are, what, um, characteristics does the company need to have for you to be proud to work there? And then, you know, I would say your net is utilize the people around you, be willing to network and have conversations that may make you a little uncomfortable. I have a friend now who's using LinkedIn as a way to re reach out to random people in the field that she wants to be in. She'll set up a coffee date with them virtually or meet in person to learn more. There are just so many ways that you can really um, get out there and learn about different organizations. But the key is first understanding what it is that you actually want in the company that you're working for. I love that. Such great feedback. Um, so actually, let's put some of this into practice now. So we've got uh, quite a few people on the call with us live. Um, I'd love for you all to drop in the chat box any way that you'd like for people to connect with you so that we can start to build some bridges and connect and mingle in that way. So um, you all are 
totally welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll find me under Mariella Marie. Um, Charday, I'm sure we can, it's a, we have your go. Okay. Yeah. We can connect with you too yes, on LinkedIn. Okay. Perfect. So go ahead and write in the chat box, uh, your LinkedIn link or any kind of, you know, link that you want us, whether it's your website or any other, other social media platform that you prefer. So that we can really start to put these things into practice. I find that real time, you know, activism is key, especially doing these live virtual chats, because then we have the whole day ahead of us and we might forget. So, um, don't be shy. There's no shame. This is actually how we build community together. So please drop the link if you want. All right. So with that said, let's move on to this next question here. So what advice do you have for someone looking to make a career change to follow their passion, to live authentically? I'm currently a woman in cyber looking to pursue a career in international relations or human rights. I say go for it. I mean, you know, have a plan to, to do it. Um, but it's so important that we don't spend all of our lives living a life that's safe. And if there is something that I think I've done really well in my career, it's that I have never been afraid to take a chance on myself. And, you know, I'm not saying that you should just like jump and go do the thing without making sure you're prepared to do the thing. But if you know this is something that you're really wanting to do, then what are the next three steps that you can take to help align that transition for yourself? Um, you know, have you, are you having conversations with people who work in that space? Is there an opportunity for you to do that uh, at an organization that you're already familiar with? What are the things that you are aligning yourself to, to help make that transition happen? And also you've got to be honest with yourself about whether or not you're really willing to make that jump. I think a lot of times we say that we want to do things and we, you know, we desire to do things, but we don't actually have, for lack of better words, the kahunas to, to do it. And so, you know, resolving that within yourself and then again, coming up with a strategic plan to make it happen um, would be the two pieces of advice that I have in that case. But absolutely, it's never too late to make a career shift. Again, I'm a great example of that shifting from uh, sales and distribution to technology just almost a year ago. And if you can have just like one little key to keep in your pocket, you know, as you're considering transitioning, what would that key be for, for this person here? And also if this person is on the call now and would like to have Sharday dive in deeper, feel free to do so. But until then, Sharday, what would be like one little key, you know, that can open doors or close doors uh, just to keep the momentum flowing as you transition? It is literally being brave and being willing to take the chance on yourself. I mean, listen, we all know that you can make calls and you can, you know, meet with people and you can, you know, have all the interviews that you want to have. But at, at the end of the day, if you're not willing to take that chance on yourself, if you're not being willing to be brave in pursuing what it is that you really want to do, none of those things that can help you get there are going to matter. And so I would really, really encourage you to make sure that you are resolved in yourself that this is the right decision and then be brave in going after it. And also know that making a big shift like this doesn't mean that it'll all of a sudden be amazing. Going from cyber, what is it? I can't see fully cyber to international relations is a huge jump. And maybe it's the thing that you really want to do. That doesn't mean that when you get to working in inter international relations, you're going to necessarily love, necessarily love it immediately. So I'd also say be willing to give yourself some grace and time to adjust with the, this new decision that you're making, right? Like, I, I think that sometimes 
sometimes we have a habit of, of um, thinking that making a jump or making a move is what's going to like automatically make us happy or automatically make us feel like we're pursuing our passion. Even if that is the thing that you're passionate about. And even in the long run, if it is the absolute best decision, it doesn't mean that there may not be a period of time that's uncomfortable. So I would say be brave and courageous in pursuing it. And then also get really uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. I love that. I love that. And we've talked about this before over the years and, and it's, it's true. I mean, we are humans and we will, I think one of our biggest challenge, uh, challenges in life is to find that sweet spot and figuring out how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's really breaking habits, finding new habits, reinventing yourself, being flexible, giving yourself grace. I love that you bring that in as well, because, you know, being kind to yourself, you're, you have to be your biggest cheerleader because no one else is going to. Um, and so we've got some folks echoing you here in the chat box. I'm just going to write here. I love the clarity of thinking more about what you want, defining steps and being honest about whether you're willing to follow through. Um, awesome. Great. And with that said, I just want to let everyone know we've got just about 30 minutes left. So I know that we're talking about some really chewy topics here. If you uh, have not had a chance to take yourself off of mute yet or write in the chat box, now is your time to shine. Um, and we will move on to the next question in the meantime. So I'll hold for a light pause. I like to do this. Shari, let's take a drink of water. Let's see if someone wants to come off of mute here. I just wanted to say one thing for the last post that you had was I would just encourage you to build a bridge. Um, sometimes when we think of like transitions, it is sexy to make that big jump. Um, it sounds sexy at least. Um, but I, I would offer as an entrepreneur to build a bridge if you can um, by using some of the things that Charday mentioned. So, you know, start off by, you know, trying to connect and have those conversations to see, you know, what it is you're actually trying to do in this space. Um, and also something I was reading the other day that was saying, okay, how can you leverage the talents that you're already using that you might enjoy since you're already in cyber in, the, in that new space? So it doesn't have to look completely different, but it could be you leveraging the skill sets you've already honed and had for, you know, however long you've been in it and using it in that new space. So that's what I, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Flo. Yes. And I'll say too, I mean, human rights definitely needs some cyber love. So bring all of those skills to, to that <laughs> platform for sure. I see everyone nodding their, their heads as well. So thank you for, for that. Anyone else have anything they want to say before we move on to this next question? Thanks, Flo, for chiming in there. I actually want to echo um, a little bit what Flo was saying. So I transitioned from basically being in procurement over to marketing, and that's kind of a huge jump in there. But I made a, a slower move over to that. I went because I did a lot of project management in procurement, and I was able to get into a private label side of marketing through project management because the private label side deals um, with project management a lot more. So I've been able to flow my way through there by just finding the pieces that you could connect the dots to then eventually end up into marketing. So Flo had a very good point there and that makes it much easier to swallow, especially if you're a little timid about um, whether or not you have the capabilities or if you're confident in those. So good to see you, Kelly. <laughs> good to see you. It's been forever. Yes, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Shardy, do you want to chime in on anything Flo and Kelly have shared? 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, if you have the capacity within your current organization to uh, build that bridge into the area that you're wanting to go, I think that's a really, really smart piece of advice. And even if you don't have it at your current organization, maybe seeing if there are ways that you can get involved, um, maybe in a, a volunteer capacity, um, maybe a way to help kind of, again, bridge that gap. But yeah, I think really great pieces of advice from both ladies. And I love that you bring in volunteering and then you talked about at one point, instead of taking this, you know, high ranking role, you took an internship and just how that probably humbles you and also helps you to see things from a different perspective. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I, I think that could also be a like you were saying, uh, Flo and Kelly, to, to bring a bridge to the, con you know, connecting different transitions. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, right? But without knowing what it is that you really want, without knowing who it is that you really are, who it is that you really are, you don't, are you really gonna be able to go out there and do the thing that you think you wanna do, right? So for me, I really wanted to have a career that was gonna be limitless. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. I wanted to be constantly challenged and I wanted to feel like at every opportunity, I could stretch myself and push myself to be better. Because I wanted that so much, I was willing at 26 years old to take an hourly internship. Are you willing to do the same for whatever it is that, that you love or that you value or you care about? And just so much of us being successful in our space has to do with that inner work. It has to do with spending time with self to determine what is it that I really want. For some people, it's, you know what? I want to go to work. And when I'm done working, I want to be done working. I don't want to think about it. I want to be present with my family. I want my job to be my job and then I want to leave and I want to have a full life outside of it. And that is absolutely okay. But I would, I would say that most people don't actually know what it is that they want. So know what it is you want. And then it, it, when you know what it is that you want, what are you willing to risk to be able to get it? Are you willing to go volunteer a couple of hours a week in order to learn the space that you're wanting to get into if it's not possible for you to learn more in the space that you're in? Are you willing to leave your job without having a job lined up to go spend time to figure yourself out? Me, I did that, right? Like I have never been afraid to take those type of chances on myself. And so I would definitely encourage you all to, if you're not in the same space or not in the same boat where you're willing to take that type of chance on yourself, then one, ask yourself, do you really want it? If you do really want it, then what are the things that we need to do to nurture and love on you so that you'll have that courage to jump out there and live the life that you're really wanting to live? Such good information. I love that. I love that. Someone here wrote, you sound just like Eric Thomas. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Such amazing advice, except she is the Charday Holly. This is why I'm so happy that she's doing a chat here. All right, so let's move on to this question. Uh, how do you recommend that people behave authentically if their authentic self, in quotation marks, is not necessarily obvious? That is to say, how do you introduce the idea that you're LGBTQ plus community, you have ADHD or you're autistic, uh, or have health conditions? Uh, how do you bring that up? Yeah, so I think this is a really great question. Um, and I'm gonna actually break it into two separate questions. So for the first question, I think the, the first thing is, do you want for people to know that part of who you are? So I have so many people in my life that are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. There are some who have absolutely no desire to talk about their personal life with their coworkers. And I would imagine it would be that way, whether they were gay or straight or anywhere in between. It's just, that's not authentic to who they are. While I have other friends who are part of the community who are like loud and proud, and I want to tell you about me and my life and my experiences. And I think the way to know the difference 
is if you've been in a setting, let's say at work, where um, maybe your coworkers are talking about the weekend and they're talking about their spouse and their kids, and you feel like you can't talk about your own experience or your date or who it is that you are, then maybe you fall on the ladder of those two. And, and my piece of advice would be, to just be right. Like if someone, if an opportunity comes up for you to have a conversation about your partner or about your date or whatever it is, I would encourage you to be willing to share that part of who you are. Um, I'm not saying that you have to just run out there and announce it to the world, right? Or announce it to your whole organization, but it's in small moments like that, where you're having conversations with people that you may trust that are in your inner circle for your, your corporation, where you can really build the courage to be more and more authentic with who you are at a much larger level. Um, I'll also pause there because, you know, if there are people on the call who represent the community who also want to get Give their advice but that would be kind of from my perspective what I would say yes great opportunity so if anyone wants to uh, give their two cents or their feedback or their personal you know stories feel free to do so now um, and, and in the meantime I'll say that I know that it's tough to share a lot especially at work and especially depending on what kind of organization you're in to share you know your whole self and sometimes you have to protect yourself because you know whatever but um, it is a part of what I'm seeing, at least in these conversations, especially during COVID and uh, with all of the recent racial violence and all the things that are happening in the world, that these conversations uh, are helping uh, create this, you know, people are calling, what is the new normal? I think the new normal is, is just like listening and being more inclusive. And we don't know what that looks like, but it is through engaging in these, these kind of sensitive topics uh, that hopefully will help, you know, bring more uh, evolution uh, to the workplace and to home. Uh, does anyone want to chime in on that? And if not, Sharna, you can move on to- Yeah, um, move on to the next one. I'm going to go totally HR on the second one, so sorry, ahead of time. Um, I would say anytime we get to the second half of this conversation, make sure that your HR department is aware. Um, there are so many things that can be put in place to help you succeed in your role when you have an HR department that is aware and able to help um, manage through some of the, the things that may be impacting you and impacting your work. And again, may be very true experiences to who you are. The other thing that I'll say, I'm going to, um, I'll share from my time of managing. So when I was managing um, the sales desk, I had 18 internals and um, there were some of my internals who were battling some very real things, right? Some very real experiences and um, had some health conditions that they very easily could have not shared with me. However, the willingness for them to share with me made it a lot easier for me to be able to support them and empower them and encourage them in whatever it is that, that they were battling. Um, I would say that if you don't feel that you have that with your management, then you know it is best to go the HR route. If you do feel you have that with your management, then man, it, I can't even begin to tell you how much easier it made it for me to manage and support those people when I understood what it was that they were battling and experiencing. We were able to change the way that they work. We were able to change the way, we were able to change the environment in which they work to help support them in a way that I just, I wouldn't have been able 
able to if I hadn't known or they weren't willing to share that with me. So I get the sensitivity. I understand it can be hard to be authentic in those moments, but where you do have leadership that you trust, I would highly encourage you to share because um, it really does create the space to, to adjust expectations and adjust abilities to help empower you to succeed. And I have a follow-up question uh, here. So can you speak a little bit about maybe, you know, during the hiring process, when is it okay? When is it not okay? What do you advise for like sharing this part of yourself, whether it be a health condition, you know, mental condition, orientation, any kind of, you know, outside of the workplace, uh, you know, and the traditional way of speaking of it. How do you, how do you approach that? Um, we've done some chats with some folks who uh, have uh, certain conditions that they uh, help guide folks to you know, speak to a manager about, to kind of like develop this relationship with. But if I can try to connect the things that you're saying with being your authentic self, you know, and having you know, a manager or someone on the team be able to vouch for who you are so that you can then have the space and the time to be your authentic self, how do you, you know, present that or not uh, during the hiring process? Yeah, I think that's a really amazing question. And I think the answer ultimately comes down to how willing are you to have that conversation in the midst of, of an interview? So I'll give you an example. Um, if I am someone who has ADHD and there is a way for me to share that in my interview in, in a manner that will help to make clear where it is that I'm really, really strong and how I can be supported to succeed, then I think it's absolutely appropriate if you feel comfortable doing so. I'm really cautious when it comes to the question that leans more on the ADHD and health condition side because it, it, it really can be so sensitive. And so I guess like the best answer that I can give is if you can if you can use it to your advantage in communicating and you can speak clearly to how it will impact your work and not, I don't mean impact your work as though you can't do your work as well, but maybe there are certain things that you need to have in place in order to more effectively do your work, then I do think it's appropriate to have that conversation in the interview. However, it is absolutely authentic to also say, you know what? I'm not at a place where I'm ready to share that and I'm going to hold off until I, until I am. So not a great, not a very clear answer there, but I think it is really kind of murky waters when we get into the space where we're talking about those type of personal things that really impact people. Absolutely. And I think one of the key things you said before, you know, when you were speaking about the community that you surround yourself with, um, you know, at bouncing your, your questions off of them as well so that you get support if you are, curious about how to present or not uh, during hiring or as you are already a part of the team um, because every case is obviously different depending on the people that are there depending on the organization so thank you for leaving that kind of gray because i think you know it would be actually more damaging to try to say this is what everyone should do and and just to reflect on your authentic self and to engage in your community to get some feedback there um, I have someone here who's written me privately i'm 40 years plus in the beginning you addressed being your true self I also move in that light, but always get bullied. Um, and they don't have a question here. They just wanted to bring that up um, because uh, the, the message gets, gets this person in a negative space. Do you have any um, advice on maybe, you know, how to um, navigate those waters? Um, you know, it's not easy. It's not always easy to be true to who you are. 
And I think that for me, there have absolutely been times in my career where I have had people really push back or really challenge me on me being who it is that I am. And so, you know, what I will say is I'm not indicating that it's an easy feeling to have people bully you or to be unkind. I would say that it's even an even worse feeling to not be true to who you are. Um, so be encouraged and also, you know, circle back to that community. Who do you have surrounding you and supporting you and, and believing and pushing in you? And then also don't be afraid to push back. You know, I actually was on a call the other day that was, you know, pretty hilarious. And someone asked me, what do you do um, when men talk over you? And I was like, men don't talk over me. But, you know, it's... <laughs> It's kind of true, but it's, it is because it's because I'm willing to have tough conversations. I'm willing to push back and I'm willing to um, set my boundaries for people. And I would encourage you to be, um, it, to do the same and to be willing to do the same. And then to surround yourself with people who can so help to support you living in your authentic authenticity. Um, but most importantly, there is nothing, nothing, nothing worth losing being honest and real with yourself. So kudos to you. Absolutely. And you said a really key word that I just want to like highlight again, because this is so important, setting up your boundaries. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and how, for example, that can help you be in the situation where you are navigating waters of maybe transitioning and you don't know where to go and you get a lot of no's, right? Um, how to protect yourself against, you know, no's are okay and don't beat yourself up about it. Or, you know, to the other extreme side of it, when you are being your authentic self and you are getting bullied, uh, you know, how to set those boundaries up to where you are protecting yourself, essentially. Again, you know, it's gonna, it takes being willing to spend some time with yourself to determine, I like, I have a, an old friend, you remember Michelle, Mimi, um, and she calls them cut cards, right? So my cut card is, I don't do raising your voice. If you can't communicate what it is that you need to communicate me in a way that's respectful, particularly at work, the conversation is over, right? Um, if you can't let me, complete my thought and share what it is that I am here to share, then the conversation is over. So I would literally say, come up with a list of things that are true. Like this is a cut card for me. This is a no, I do not believe in this way of doing business be encouraged to communicate it. And in my experience, what I found is that people much more respect that because not everyone is like me. I have coworkers who will cuss each other out and it's not a problem and that works for them, right? But you have to give people the space to understand what it is that you are and are not willing to receive and what it is that you are and are not willing to, um, to deal with. Um, the other part of what you said, when it comes to pursuing your passion, pursuing what it is that you love, you again have to decide how much you want it. Do I want it only if I get told yes on the third time? Or do I want it even if it means that I get told no 10 times? And I'm not saying that that means that you're never gonna be discouraged or it's never gonna be hard, right? In fact, it's the hardest thing to do to get out there and pursue the thing that you love and to do the thing that's scary and to be 35 years old or 40 years old and take a jump to do something that's completely outside of what you originally thought. That is hard, hard, hard work. So you've gotta be real with yourself about that and you've gotta be real with yourself about what are the things that I'm willing to do to achieve this if it's conditioned that's okay but you also have to be real with yourself about that 
And just to tie in some, um, some, some things that Flo said earlier, specifically, I mean, it doesn't have to do with what you're specifically talking about, but I think that if you can find rewards and, and rewarding yourself for, you know, okay, maybe I get three no's, but I'm going to be able to give this to myself for trying, you know, and so that you, you kind of balance it out and you're not getting so much negative feedback and you're finding a way to reward yourself so you can remember your goal and, and you know, support yourself. Um, I see you shaking your head. Do you want to chime in on that? No, I just, I absolutely agree. You know, it's baby steps. It, it's baby steps. You don't, you don't just all of a sudden have this whole new world that you want to have in a moment's time. It takes time. It takes courage. Uh, and it takes a willingness to create the space to achieve it. I think we have a really bad habit in this world of thinking that things should happen in a moment's time because everything is so instant to us. Um, but that's not the way that this works. <laughs> it takes time. So I totally agree with your comments there, Mimi. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I'm just going to let everyone on the call know we've got 10 minutes left. So if you have not had a chance to share your voice, now is your time to shine. Also got uh, the person that raised the question about bullying. Um, they wrote thank you privately. So I think uh, that you uh, hit the nail on the head there with answering that question. Thank you, Sharday, for that. Um, so we've got about 10 minutes. Sorry, sorry uh, I have me. Yeah, I have one question. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so uh, actually, uh, recently, I just did my career shift from a client to be a, a service provider, like a, a consultant. So, there, you know, this is not easy switch. I used to uh, ask people the, the, the service, and now I have to uh, provide the service to the customer. So, um, I don't know, do you have any uh, um, advice for me to... Uh, to be more self-confident and uh, because sometimes mm, I felt uh, I'm facing um, very strong pushing from the customer because I don't get used to the role as a sales but yeah. basically I'm doing a sales job now so I just start my journey I want to know do you have any advice for me to uh, continue uh, so let me make sure I understand. Were you, were you the person who was being sold to and now you're in a position where you're selling? Yes. Is that right? Actually now, uh, yeah, I'm working now like a, a consultant for SAP. I used to be the customer to receive the service and then now I become a consultant to deliver service to the customer. Okay, so, so when, you, when you were the customer, what were the things that you liked about the consultant? Um, technical know-how. That's not actually not the most important. Uh, the most critical part is the communication skill, uh, communication skill, and also uh, um, a, um, people skill. You know the self-confidence. Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I may be lacking some self-confidence when I um, deliver the service solution or when I pre present this uh, solution. Okay, so um, when you think about your skill set, okay, what is the thing, just give me one thing that makes you really good at your job? Is it that you really understand the technical part of the work? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So take that one thing, start with that one thing that makes you really, really good 
and create a brand around it. And as you create a brand around the one thing that makes you really, really good, what will be the byproduct of that is confidence, right? So if I can, instead of focusing on all the things that maybe I'm not so good at, or maybe I don't know that well yet, or maybe I'm unsure of, you told me right here on this call that you're really good at the technical part of it. So that means that you're really confident when it comes to that part of the work. So focus on that, build your brand with your clientele based on your understanding of the technical and the rest will fall based on that. You'll be able to continue to expand your brand for those other parts of, of, um, of building those relationships based on the thing that you're really good at. I'll use myself as an example. So when I was in sales, it was the same thing. I told you guys, and I think this question, this is actually the perfect question uh, that's on the screen as well, because the question on the screen talks about this individual is usually very lighthearted and, and their organization feels like they shouldn't be. Um, I was the same way, right? Like I don't fit into the normal, like, finance, financial services, like motif, you know, I was walking into financial advisors offices with big hair and bright colors. And I was really true to myself. And that was really, really weird for them. But I felt confident doing it because I knew the skill that I had that many of my counterparts didn't have was listening. I would ask really good questions and then I would shut up and I would listen to the financial advisor. So I built a brand on that one thing that I was good at. The one thing, even though I wasn't like anyone else that was doing it, I built a brand on the one thing I knew I did that no one else did or that I was better at other people than doing. And I would really encourage you to do the same thing. So if your one thing is technology, you build your brand on technology and being able to speak to the technological aspects of consulting. And I promise you over time one you'll feel more confident because you already know you're good at it and two the people that you're working with will sense and feel that confidence as well yeah that's good because normally for technical people we we tend to not be able to present a very fancy you know uh, and sometimes when we get nervous we don't know what yeah and it takes time let me tell you guys something my first we do know uh, yeah my first presentation, I walked off. I was in a room of 30 people. Okay, I got 30 seconds in and I was like, I don't know the rest of this and I'm just gonna go sit down. It takes time. I have practiced over and over and over and over again. You better practice in the car, practice in the shower, practice making your coffee. I mean, practice, when it comes to more of the presenting aspect of what it is that you're referring to, I'm telling you, yeah. practice makes perfect. The more that you do it, the better that you'll get. Can I say one quick yeah, thing? Thank you so much because You're just welcome. start my journey. Thank you so much. Yeah, congratulations advice. to you. Yes, congrats. No, I was going to say one thing too. Like one thing that helps me with customers is asking them what their expectations are. So you know if I'm like, okay, if I get these three things, then then I'm really on it, you know, and this is what they need. And that looks different for everybody, but it are, those are small wins that you can get to help build your sometimes, confidence. Uh, sometimes clients doesn't speak very clearly what they they, they want. Absolutely. They, they make a round circle. And because, sure. because for my previous, uh, the, the last project, I was working with different consulting company. So we are like a competitors in the same project. So normally the customer, when customer facing to a, a consulting uh, firm, the customer sometimes doesn't say what they want clearly. So you have to find out, dig up yourself, you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. 
Great. Right. But thanks for your advice. That's cor correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing your real live time, you know, sh challenge right now. And thanks, Flo, for yeah. chiming in. Friday, you're so beautiful. I really appreciate you sharing your voice today. Can you, so we've got one minute left. So please send us off with some food for thought. Um, what we can hold on to during these, these crazy times, you know, in the world. Um, okay. And then also let us know how we can support the work that you're doing, follow you and all that jazz. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So um, thank you all for having me and for creating the space for us to have this conversation. Um, you know, if you haven't noticed the one common thing in our conversation was spending time with yourself to figure out what it is that you, you actually want. And if there's anything that you leave this conversation with today, it is my hope that you create the space in your life to be able to identify with yourself, um, whatever that looks like, whatever that means you cannot be powerful and strong and fight the battles that we have to fight in this life if you're not willing to pour into yourself and take the time to identify who and what it is that you really are. Um, you know, it is one thing to blame other people for us not fitting in, and it's another thing for us to not even know who we are in order to fit in. So that would be my food for thought and my piece of advice for you all. You can um, catch me on LinkedIn, Sharday Holly on LinkedIn, and then Sharday Nicole on Instagram. So thank you guys for having me and for being such an amazing host, Mariella. Thank you, Sharday. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time out of their day to join us. Um, I know that I'm going to be connecting with Sharday offline per usual, and I hope that you all as well will find some time to connect with her. Um, as you can see, she's a stunning human being who has so much courage to just be confident and share good vibes with us. So thank you again, Sharday, and we'll see you on the next talk, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you.